an exhibition game. Welcome to episode number 196 of Grumpy Old Men's for Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we're not worried about Hurricane Ian. I'm more worried about Hurricane Ryan. And from America's left coast, where we are eagerly awaiting the return of the rainy season, I'm Ryan Bemrose. It's in Florida, right about now. I know. (laughs) It hasn't been here. Talking about all this, the... Oh, the terrible drought in California and how it's been hot everywhere. And it hasn't been that hot here, but it has been so dry that like my skin is starting to dry out. Finally, I I need rain. My webbed toes can't handle this. A little moisturizing treatment would be good. Maybe a little mani-pedi. I mean, you are getting old now. I mean, you know, thanks to climate change, this has actually been one of the driest summers that Western Washington has encountered. And they're not used to that over there. We have genuine rain clouds and a 40% chance of rain above me. It has not started raining yet, but I'm hoping it will do so during this show. Do we need a rain stick? Do we need to find one? Well, you know, I kind of been asking for that for a while, but Adam's all like, no, we don't want Texas to be flooded off the map. And I'm like, well, maybe just Austin. It could improve things. Yeah. You're like Seattle is a tinderbox. We need a little, we need a little wet. Well, actually I'm okay with Seattle going too. It's just my place. I don't want. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, you don't want the forest to get a little too dry. So I had a fantastic weekend. I know it was your birthday. It was your anniversary. What else did you get? Did you got shot too? I, I did. Although, although I did hear Bemlet? some impressive gunshots last night. I was gonna say what? You know, maybe Bem- You do not let Bemlet have. Uh, I believe no, it's Bemlet firearms. Didn't shoot me and uh, well, he runs you over with the car. No, wait, you ran over him with the car. No, we we did. Uh, I I don't know if you're familiar with this pastime, but we. Uh, we did disc golf. Uh, yes, it's like them, uh, playing with the frisbee. Yeah, yeah. Except the frisbees are are much much higher tech and hurt a lot more if they hit you. Well, you put razor blades on the edges, right? And that you uh, don't have to. These things are they're like have. about a pound of really hard plastic, and you throw them way like in order to get distance, they have to spin a lot a lot more, and they have to be thrown a lot faster, and they have a sharp edge for aerodynamics. And yeah, you get hit by one of these, you'll know it. Yeah, you want to pay attention to those things when they're flying at you. So uh the the Bemlet is is way more into disc golf than I am, but I bought a couple discs because they're ten bucks each, why not? And and I do enjoy getting out and it gives you a nice walk in the park with with extra throwing at baskets and swearing when the disc doesn't go in. So I mean it's my average exercise routine. And we went down to the Portland area Ooh. and uh just because there's a ton of courses down there that we hadn't played and had a great time. And it was inevitable. We got really, really drunk. And, uh, and I came back with the plague. Really? Yeah, it happens. Congratulations. I'm, the Portland. Uh, plague? Bem- well, I actually, I talked to Bamlet last night and, uh, he informed me that the timeline doesn't exactly work. And he gave me all of the solid reasons why he couldn't have actually given me this. <laughs> 
Wait, does but he have it? Too? I don't care because I'm blaming him anyway. <laughs> was this your anniversary present? This your birthday present? Yeah, this was, was this? this was <clears throat> this in a bottle of scotch was my birthday present. Oh well, see, the, the scotch is kind of the uh, cure all. Yeah, it it really yeah, it does help. Helps you sleep when you've got the plague. But so, Portland, man, you do need weapons in Portland. Uh, well, nobody uh, again. Nobody accosted me with a knife or tried to kill me while we were out on the course. Well, that's because so they didn't consider know, that good. They didn't know but your it, politics. <laughs> for for the first weekend in fall, it was incredibly warm, and in fact, even Portland was drying out. Every time, every t- everywhere you stepped, every time a disc hit the ground, a little cloud of dust went up, and uh, I I don't I don't understand like the people in portland you've got to think are just like laying on the ground flopping around like fish that are drying out anyway we need rain a little bit of rain and the well like i said florida has plenty that's not anything to make light of it's one hell of a storm that's coming on land today and it's it's just amazing how many people in that area just decide now nah, i'm just gonna wear i'm just gonna ride this out because it's a very dangerous storm coming in the uh, winds they were showing in Sarasota, a place that I've been quite a few times, 115 miles an hour plus, And they were interviewing a guy whose job is not only a storm chaser, but he is a pilot that intentionally flies into hurricanes. And he said they flew into this one and it was like, uh, no, this is this is not I- good. I don't want to downplay the storm and I'm certainly I like I certainly don't want that job but in an age where we have the same government who is telling you um you know the seasonal cold is coming I we need you to stay home from your job for 2 years and wear diapers over your face forever is also telling us oh my god and by the way you're also going to die from the weather and people who've seen a lot of weather in their days it seems like a pretty rational decision to look at this and go, yeah, I don't trust the government anymore. I just want to, I just want to put I, the this logical might be math a out worst there. storm in existence, but I'm just saying there's a lot of chicken little going on right now. Probably, but let's do the math quickly. Did you wear a face diaper in Portland? No. Well, obviously that's why you got the plague then. That might be it. Uh, I will tell you that, uh, you know, I thought Seattle was bad. Probably a full 30 to 40% of the people that we encountered outside on the street in a day that was 80 degrees Fahrenheit were still wearing face diapers wow. in Portland. Wow. Do they not read anything? Yeah. That- do they not listen to, to Joe Biden when he says the pandemic's over? No. Well, no, obviously. Well, they should be. No, they get their news from TikTok, which is telling them that Instagram. we're all going to die, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what TikTok is saying. I'm going to have to go to my to our our local TikTok correspondent John C. Dvorak. <laughs> we know masks don't work, but let's keep wearing them outside. I don't get it. But uh, I, you know, on I mean, on the plus side, the people actually throwing discs by and large didn't wear masks. There were a few. Like I'm sitting here watching. We had somebody who was he was solo, and when when someone's rolling solo, and they clearly got their shit together they're gonna play faster than us so we let a lot of people play through and so we're sitting here on the tee just waiting and this dude comes up and he is breathing hard like he he looks like he's in shape he looks like he does this all the time but he's sweating and breathing just as hard as i am me because i'm out of shape him because he couldn't breathe because he had this (laughs) dirt cake diaper on his face 
And I'm like, you know, you'd probably play a lot better if you had oxygen in your body, if you just took that damn thing off. And he's like, you know, I told him that. And he's like, and that was the response. So what do you do? He was saying, I'm a Joe Biden supporter. Please leave me alone. I don't know. I'm in my safe space. <laughs> but these, you know, storms like Ian, which seems to be pretty severe. It's, it's interesting because as we've talked about, the climate change people a few years ago were telling us that you were going to be seeing, oh my God, we're going to have like 8,000 hurricanes every season. I remember this. And this is was, like the first one we've had. It was like in 2005 after Katrina, they're like, see all this devastation? You're going to get this 12 times a year now. Thanks, climate change. Uh huh. And now we're getting one, and it may be a little bit elevated from what most hurricanes are when they hit land. And of course, now that's going to be because of climate change. It's like these assholes that just keep taking it every which way. And no matter what happens, it's climate change. Oh, my God. All the hurricanes have stopped. Man-made climate change. Oh, my God. The hurricanes are coming nonstop. Man-made climate change. Oh, my God. The hurricanes are much worse than they used to be. Climate change. Oh, my God. The hurricanes are like nothing like they used to be. Climate change. Oh, my God. There's weather outside. Climate change. Climate change. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I. It does not make sense. It is not scientifically sound. I will well, say. no, but it, in order for something to be scientifically sound requires at least a modicum of rational thinking, which requires the ability to logically analyze something, which is something that public schools can't slip in in between teaching you about the 73 genders these days. Uh-huh. Well, there is no such thing in most places as a decent education in the United States at this point. Sure, there is. You get a good, good homeschool teacher, someone well, who yes. cares about your your no, well being. If you have good parents and yeah. who are who are willing to uh, willing to do that, because yeah, sending kids to school at this point very much hit and miss. I'm not going to say there are no good schools in the United States. I was really, I didn't look fully into these numbers, but I was floored that they came out with a list. I don't remember which organization did this of the top 10 high schools in the United States and three were in the Chicago area. And I'm thinking, what are the criteria for, for picking these? I, I didn't really go in and figure out if this was actually children I, that were leaving I, I, with, you know, high SAT and ACT scores and going into good paying jobs, or if this was, they're all completely woke and know all the Kardashians. And it would be interesting to know if there are donations involved. Yeah, that's also interesting. Well, how do you get on that list? Uh, yeah, exactly. Can can I start up a school just for the purpose of taking payola? Yes, that's a great idea. It's an absolutely great idea. Come get your education here. We'll give you a diploma. You'll be an expert. So I, I encountered on uh, a story. I was read, read a few stories in preparation for this, despite feeling, you know, really aspirin up. Um, CNN. Did you know that the humans are destroying the planet in yet a new way that we never even thought about? <laughs> what is this way? I didn't I didn't see this. This one uh, comes from. Well, again, I, I got it at CNN. Um, right. So that says just everything yeah, you need to know. Uh, noise pollution is killing species in the oceans. Did you know this? Noise pollution is killing yes. species we, in so, the oceans. You know, we as humans always go down underwater and we think of it as a silent place. Why? Because we don't have waterlogged eardrums by default and can't hear 
all of the really low frequency noises that travel for miles and miles and miles. And it turns out that, you know, when there's no light under the ocean, and this, by the way, this, this, I mean, this is true. There's no light under the ocean. So a lot of species down there navigate and function by echolocation, by hearing sounds in various directions and understanding, you know, where they came from and so on. And the idea of a ship engine running on the surface, like, you know, a big container ship or something just deafens everything nearby. And, um, that's all true. And it's, it's probably pretty awful. The, uh, the CNN also went in to say, uh, you know, military sonar is absolutely deafening. And also the <laughs> blasting that we do to locate oil and gas. And the, you know, of course they have to turn it into a, uh, we should all be using windmills because they're not making noise underwater. But, I am betting that ship engines are in fact a real problem. I mean, they're only on the surface, but when a big ship is rolling, uh, you know, the, you've got the base from the engine, you've got the, the cavitation from the propellers and you've just got the immense, you know, the bow wave is effectively a, a very loud noise, um, you know, at low frequency, whatever the frequency of a bow wave is. So well, and the crew could be listening to sea shanties at really high volumes on the onboard music system. And and one can only hope because I like when the crews are are drunk and in in good spirits. Anyway, uh, so this is uh, uh, the story is about uh, a group of people called the Blue Boat Initiative, which has already started dropping buoys off of South America, and they are using and and there is a tech angle here. They are using a technology they call Listen to the Deep Ocean Environment, and the acronym they've given to that is LIDO. Listen to the D L D O E. You're like, I'm already having an aneurysm. I'm, I'm, I don't understand how they, I'm, I'm just not going to think about that acronym. But anyway, this, this, uh, technology, which uses buoys, monitors acoustic sources in real time and uses AI to identify them. So it's, uh, specifically what their pilot program is doing is using sonar to detect when whales are in shipping lanes because and, and I never knew this before, but CNN assures me that it is an existential problem that ships hitting whales, which they said has happened off the coast of South America five times last year, is absolutely devastating for the planet. Well, it is to those uh, whales, probably. Well, yeah, it's probably no fun to the whales who probably should have got out of the freaking way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, apparently they can't get out of the way because they're disoriented because they can't hear anything. Yeah, but so, isn't that like the whole concept with electric vehicles for us stupid humans that they have to pump in noise so we can hear them coming so we don't get run over? <laughs> I think that I also think that some of the stupid humans who don't get out of the way should maybe get a, a, I don't know. I, survival of the fittest used to be a thing. Well, it's an interesting thing with all of this stuff that deals with a, what humans are doing to the planet. Well, humans are a part of the planet. Yes. Animals make a lot of noise too. You know, I'm not saying they build ships and all of that, but the human race is a part of the ecosystem. You cannot take them out. And it seems like some of these people, the only answer is like, yeah, yeah. Ships. No boats. No, can't have those cars. No, can't have those planes. No, can't have those. Maybe dirigibles. Can we have dirigibles please? At least those are yeah. silent. Yeah, it, it was going to be my my kicker on the story, but uh, this this line fits in perfectly with what you just said. I wrote, 
Environmentalists are the only organisms on the entire planet that refuse to participate in survival of the fittest. Yeah. That like we need to stop all human activity because humans are are existing in the ecosystem and we don't like it. And how dare they? Yeah. Like go they tell a bear the assumption to- that the ecosystem without humans is automatically better than the ecosystem with. I want these which guys- might be true in a couple places, but well, yeah, these guys and gals don't want to misgender should sit down I do. with with a few uh, you know black bears and be like do not eat the salmon coming up the stream that's yeah. that's rude yeah eat us instead right this is what they would be much better <laughs> would be much better we're way tastier and the bears are uh-uh. so do you want to know what these buoys are actually doing besides uh just monitoring for whales in the shipping lanes they are uh, are, are they spying set to automatically send an alert to chile's navy which will in turn send a message to nearby vessels, encouraging them to change course or reduce their speed. Well, okay. First of all, if you're a shipping company, who's going to be like, oh, there's whales in the area. We'd better add six hours to our trip. Correct. Unless the whales are doing damage to the ships when they collide. Yeah, if they would, are, that would have an effect. Yeah. Yes. Then they're like, we want to be a little bit more careful. But I don't know. I don't know what whales are, are that tough, but let me tell you, I don't want to meet one in the open ocean. <laughs> yeah, that would be a problem because those container ships are uh, those things are big. I don't yeah. know exactly what they weigh tonnage wise, but it's like they're like a small town that's just floating in the ocean. It's sometimes a large town. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. They they are literally the same size as a skyscraper put on its side. Yeah. It's, so and. You don't want to run into them if you're a if you're a little fish. So so at the moment, uh, the message to the Chilean Navy is only encouraging people to change course or reduce their speed. I don't know how long it's going to be till they start encouraging at the barrel of a gun. I know that's probably the end game. The environmentalists want is let's see if we can find another way to do economic damage in order to save five whales a year who should have got out of the damn way anyway. Well. And this, again, when put into a perspective that a normal person might put it into, would understand that the average person driving their personal vehicle, which I know they don't want you to have either, but comes into contact with various insects, birds, squirrels, cats, deer, deer. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the you deer do win sometimes. There's, there's that damaging your vehicle thing, though. Uh-huh. The deer, you got to get out of the way or you're going to get damaged. A fluffy little kitten, and that's going to be just a bad day for the kitten. Yeah, but, newsflash. Darren is now proposing that we all run over kittens. <laughs> just mark this time. Just saying. It could be worse <laughs> things in the world. What, but this is what about of, that? What about that fluffy little dragonfly or bumblebee or, or you know, well, there, yeah, what's this? that you like? There's what? a lot of ugly things that I run into when I'm driving on a late evening in the desert. Well, there's that new insect that is on the East Coast now that they're like, if you see it, kill it. It's like a dragonfly. It's like a big spotted looking kind of butterfly looking thing. I forget the name. Yeah. And and most people are like way ahead of you. If I see an insect, I kill it. Got it. Uh-huh. This one's like, but if you don't, we're going to be overrun with these things. And so they're like liberals. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there are people that claim they can't even walk out of their house because there are so many of these things covering their homes that the minute they walk out, they're covered with these things. It's uh, yum. Uh huh. It's not a good way to live unless you like being covered by insects from head to toe. 
But no, that's why I live in a place that it gets cold during the winter. So freeze the them out, die off. Right. <laughs> that's exactly it. You know, but that's part of the ecosystem. I mean, there, you know, that's the intriguing thing about that as well is that you'll have the same people will be like, well, no, we have to kill those off. They don't belong here. You know, and who the gets people? to decide what's well, yeah, most likely, but in this case, the insects, but who gets to decide what belongs here and what doesn't? I mean, I get it. They're not something that is here naturally. They believe these things were brought in uh, on a container ship that they believe they were just, you know, uh, the the insect had laid the eggs, you know, container ship brought it over to the United States. Then they hatched. And all of a sudden, that's why we have, uh, you know, an infestation going around. But we've had this same thing with different types of fish coming up the uh, Mississippi and all, you know, it's once the cat's out of the bag, there's very little you can do to control a species of anything. And I absolutely understand the the argument from the environmental size. Like, look, you know, look at all of the changes that we can observe that have happened to ecosystems all over the planet because of human activity. And if you come at it from the assumption that humans are not part of the ecosystem, that there's something extra outside of it, then then, yes, it's it's a little kid putting a stick in an anthill and and messing with things. But if you come from the position that humans are part of the ecosystem, then, how, you know, how do we know this isn't all the part of the grand plan for the planet? The You know, the creator of the planet came out and said, you know, we're going to put everything into a, a kind of normal stasis and then we're going to put in a creature specifically designed to tip everything over and that's the experiment maybe maybe that's what god wanted out of this planet and all of the environmentalists are now working against god's plan saying no no we have to completely ruin the experiment and taint the results and actually that is perfectly in line with leftists having absolutely no scientific ethics well, right and you never have that conversation coming from the left as far as i know admittedly i've never had that conversation with god either True, but I mean, you pro- you probably have a way more likely opportunity of that happening than the other having a rational conversation <laughs> with somebody on the left. But they never want to mention, well, like where should humankind stop with the technology? Because okay, so we're all naked out in the field. Well, that's great, that's natural. But when does making, you know, can you make a hut? N- natural I- involves lots of bug bites and itching. By true. Way. True. But, you know, once you start building homes out of things like concrete and steel and all of that, well, is that natural? Should we should we be doing that? Should we have vehicles at all? Because well, that's yeah. not natural. I mean, we the, shouldn't. The, the sand to make the concrete and the iron to make the steel came out of this planet. So as long as you can refigure something and change it, then it should be it should be on the board. But that's not what they see. That's not what they want. It's like, oh, my God. No, you. You can't go into the, you know, spotted woolly mammoths uh, ecosystem and change it. Why not? (laughs) I don't get it. The uh, the blue boat initiative is not planning on stopping at just interfering with sea lanes. Uh, They are also uh, investigating other applications for their AI because that's that's in fact, you know, go go ask CSB. What do you do when you have an AI that does something? Well, you look for other things that the AI could do. AI has always been a solution in search of a problem. It's, well, we've got this AI. What can we solve? So in this case, uh, they want to 
have marine marine biologist applications. They want to be able to, they say their AI will be able to monitor and track individual whales. Uh, their system, they hope, once they get enough buoys out there, will be sophisticated enough to identify individuals in a pod and track how often they feed, travel, and breed. Now, here's the most I don't know about question. you, I'm not a whale, but this sounds like an immense privacy violation. I don't want somebody to listen to me while I'm out having sex in the ocean. Yes, that was my question. Can the can the whales opt out of this tracking? <laughs> Seriously, where where was where was the privacy form that the you know what what did they just like dip a form in the ocean that says by swimming in this ocean you agree to let us collect data on your sex habits? What a horrible eula! <laughs> but I mean that should be. I mean if the, if you're on the left, you definitely want to uh, acknowledge that. Like, well, how dare you spy on these creatures without their approval? I mean, that's just wrong. But we are, you know, it's a voyeuristic thing. Could be. I mean, we have the AI in Chicago with all the microphones uh, on most street corners that when oh, somebody yeah. fires a gun, they can tell you where the gun was fired. Yeah, did that AI pick up all the gunshots I was hearing here last night? <laughs> How sensitive know if, is it? Yeah, I don't know if it's that sensitive. You guys should buy the system, though. Put it up. That way, you know. Don't don't tell my mayor that she will blow uh, you know, $10 million worth of taxpayer money on it. Only if she wants to catch the people that are shooting the guns. Otherwise it'd be like, no, we can't do that. That is an infringement of their privacy. If people want to go if, out if and murder that, people in Seattle, they have the right to do that. Okay. First of all, the point I just made, they say that they're putting up an AI to catch just the people who have the guns, but we've got this AI and all these microphones all over the system. What else can we solve with this? You know, that's going through their head. Yeah, there's a lot of data that comes in through these systems. You know, I mean, I get the fact that ships, large ships would make a lot of noise. I mean, you know, you live in a uh, in a lane there where planes occasionally fly over and it sounds like they're going to land on your house. Yes. Well, and, and what I hope is that they stay in the air and don't crash on my house. Yeah, that's because because more often than not, this is the the very first flight that plane's ever made. So you have to wonder. <laughs> You're like the noise is an inconvenience. The plane landing on my house while crashing onto the house. And and you know, to their credit, in 15 years, I've never had a plane land on my house. Well so, that's a plus. I mean they've got a good record so far. That is a plus. I but still watching the uh, information on these flying taxis. I think we talked about them in the last show that they were testing the just the routes here in Chicago with helicopters. But uh, I saw another article on CNET that was uh, talking about these electric flying taxis that now had completed a uh, initial test flight. So these things look like they're being made. Um, uh, American Airlines is buying a bunch. Delta is buying a bunch. And it's it's they're weird because they're one. I don't know how. But they're saying the cost on these things to operate would make it so a flight into, you know, say from the suburbs into Chicago or whatever would be about the same as a traditional taxi cab. And I'm like, one, I don't believe that for a minute. Well, also, a taxi cab from here to the airport is like one hundred thirty dollars. I guess then maybe you're thinking that is maybe that's reasonable and it could happen. Well, I, mean, I mean, I guess that's reasonable if I'm the kind of person who needs to make business trips all the time. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Which is who else is going to do this? It's, it's an interesting thing where it's like, well, OK, we're going into air taxis and these things will have a range of about 100 miles. 
and they're electric, which makes me wonder how long the batteries are going to last and what happens when the batteries get <laughs> down to 50% capacity. They just switch out the car. Yes, it probably well, You have to have a fleet twice as big as however many cars you want on the road. Yeah, well, these fly, so that's the other issue. You know, people who are like, oh, we're going to convert our whole fleet from gas to electric or, you know, I I don't know how many of them are acknowledging the fact that, okay, now you have to buy twice as many cars. Right, because you you can't just continuously run them. Because you can't just connect a hose to it, wait three minutes, and now you're great good to go for your full range again that's not how it works yes if there's one thing we've learned from nascar is that vehicles that run on gasoline you could refill them sums of bitches in like 15 seconds they- yeah yeah electric cars are fantastic in a drag race in fact that's you know drag races hill climbs uh you know really short rallies things like that that you see electric vehicles completely dominate in those funny how you've never seen an electric vehicle in a 500 mile race yet you're not going to make the uh, the cannonball run or whatever they call that the east to the east coast to the west coast in the shortest amount of time possible. Not going to win that either. You need a really big battery, yeah, to be able or, to go from coast to coast, or or just a series of of trucks that drop off a new car every two hundred miles. Yeah, I saw a a thing about a guy who shuttles like Cessnas from california to hawaii and how they put in just like a huge extra gas tank in the back seat of the thing so it can have that kind of range and it's like that takes some guts to do that yeah <laughs> like you're really you're taking a cessna over the ocean like i guess people would rather that be done than uh you know i guess you would have to take the thing apart to ship it maybe on a boat or whatever would have to yeah. be done do you have uh, do you have like a speedboat following you underneath for when you fall into the ocean <laughs> that would be better that's kind of what i'm thinking with these electric taxis yeah. flying over chicago though you make know? sure you just have a gas-powered car that's that's following you on your cannonball run yes right. and you know again this is chicago we made the joke about nascar coming here and drivers getting shot at during the race do you really think flying taxis aren't going to get shot at? Oh, I know it will. Uh-huh. The the question is how good an aim are the people with handguns? I mean, you know, if, well. like if they're yeah. if they're holding them at arm's length sideways <laughs> and not even looking down the sights, it I feel like the, the those taxis are pretty safe. Yeah. But it looks so cool when people do it that way. You know, it, you you brought up the range of electric cars. I was following the troll room this morning and there was a video dropped in by uh i have no name i believe was dropped in. i think it that was it but his name in. is i have no name so he's lying yeah, the he name is name. actually i have no name it's, i know it's it, a troll it's a lie it would well, no it's a troll it's a lie <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, uh, true the, the video was and and by the way there's absolutely nothing in this video that surprised me in any way shape or form it was 14 minutes of somebody who had gone out and bought themselves a fully electric Ford pickup truck, like one of the, the F-250s or whatever, that was fully electric and decided to tow uh, a light load. It was a, a a classic car, like, a I don't know, the Model T, Model A, whatever. But the entire load was maybe 1,800 pounds. So a fairly light load, load compared to what? Gas that is a, a light load compared to a lot of things that you put on a trailer. Um, that's you know that's half a horse. 
for example, you if you happen to be living in one of the rural areas where horses still exist. It is very um, inconvenient to, to just have a half a horse. It, it's <laughs> well, the question is which half, right. or which part are you riding? Right. Um, it, it's also uh, a little bit under half of the boat that we used to, tra- uh, you know, the, of all the trailering I've done was mostly a, a water ski boat when we were younger and going back and forth and doing a lot of camping. And what he determined from this video, and this is just more evidence, is uh, he had to take this thing 30 miles and it burned uh, 87 miles worth of the range on his battery. And the range on his battery is only about 250 miles because pickup truck. And so a third of the range of his battery was burned by towing a light trailer 30 miles. And I'm just looking at this going, there's absolutely nothing surprising about this. But no, electric trucks are not ready. And if, okay. If you're one of the douchebags who goes out and you buy yourself a truck as a status symbol so you can sit three feet above everybody else and look down ladies' cleavage at stoplights, and that's the only reason why you care about having a truck and also compensating for your small penis, then electric trucks are perfect because you're never putting anything in the bed and you're never hauling anything behind you. But if you want to use a truck for the thing that trucks were made for, for hauling loads, for moving heavy objects, electric is not ready. Well, how far are they? I mean, I thought, again, I have not followed this closely. So this is an honest question. I thought they were fairly close with things like electric semis for doing, <laughs> right? So I guess yeah, not. Yeah, for, for going from the distribution center in city to dropping off three deliveries all within 10 miles and then returning to the distribution center for eight hours while they charge. Yeah, I'm sure it's ready for that. So not quite ready for prime time. T- electric batteries do not have the energy density of petrol end of story the reason why the entire automobile industry was built on gasoline is because it has an incredibly high energy density it has an in, the, the amount of energy you get for a given amount of weight added to the vehicle is huge and now we've got a bunch of environmentalists and and bureaucrats saying at the barrel of a gun you will stop using the most efficient way to transport anything ever you should go to the less efficient thing by the way if you want to improve your resource usage for whatever kind of economic activity you're doing you want efficiency and we're being forced to move thank you gavin fucking newsom and jay fucking insley for saying no we can't use this efficient form of travel you have to go to the incredibly inefficient thing that is going to use 10 times as much grid power just to haul its own damn battery around in order to get the same distance that you could get out of a gallon of gasoline well that is the lunacy of it which any rational person would tell you yeah you know what it's a great thing to shoot for to have an energy efficient gas vehicle that can do x y and z but you know what you do until you figure out the technology to make that work yeah keep selling the old stuff yeah which by the way is exactly how economies work the transition will happen at if if you let the economy if you let the free market decide then the transmission will automatically necessarily happen at the exact moment where the economics become more beneficial to go electric and that will happen because we're putting a hell of a lot of r&d into it but it's not ready and we've got people out there who are yanking on the levers and forcing people at gunpoint saying 
you have to give up the thing that works to try out this experimental thing that doesn't. And then when you get stuck in the middle of the desert and die, well, that's really not our fault. Well, no, that's actually a side benefit because it keeps the worldwide population under 500 million. I still want to know how batteries work in places like Chicago in the winter where we can hit, you know, wind chills, negative 80 Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah, I can answer that question poorly. Yes, not very well. That is how batteries work in the winter in cold places. If you're in Alaska, if you're in uh, Canada, battery power, probably not going to be your friend. Minnesota. Yeah. Spokane. Uh Uh-huh. These are places that it's not going to work as well as if you lived in, say, Mexico. Then that may be a great place to start with the electric vehicles. Yeah. So that's why we should all move to Arizona or, you know, Southern California, where it is electric vehicles continue to function and use electricity in the winter. And in the summer, we just have to use an incredible amount of grid power to take a, a desert which is kind of by definition a dry, arid place devoid of life and make it livable by pumping in a ridiculous amount of grid power rather than just living somewhere that's temperate. I mean, how dare we even still have Las Vegas in Nevada? How dare we have that city there? Uh, Economics. (laughs) Well, but how it's not. No, I mean, honestly, the the reason there's a city there is the free market. Lots of people want to live there. Yeah, people. But I tell you what, in order to maintain that, it takes a really, really large amount of hydropower pumped in. Yeah. And well, actually just hydro too, because it's a dry well, some yeah. bitch place. Yeah. It's drying up so much. They're finding the bodies Hillary Clinton dumped in Lake Mead. <laughs> Is that where she dumped them all? Uh, no, no, no. She did. She couldn't fit all of them in that lake. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Ah, she's still <laughs> flapping her wings and getting ready to swoop on in. You know, I, I feel okay continuing to make jokes about her. Because her ass is still in the news. I would have thought after 2016, she should have just crawled into a hole and gone into obscurity. But no, she's coming out and taking political snipes like your old news, bitch. But she wants to be new news. She will go out there and tell you how horrible all of the MAGA supporters are who question the election while ignoring the fact that she questioned the election when she lost to Trump. Of course. I mean, it's it's great. It's just great when you have a news media that refuses. It would take ethics to even be able to make the connection you just made. And we already know that that's not something that you get if you're going to believe in progressive causes. And, you know, if the if the mainstream corporate media was even slightly honest or just wanted to entertain, that's all you would have to do. Every time Hillary complained about Trump was run the 10 second clip of her complaining that her election was stolen. That would make news more entertaining. Yes. It would be like a meme fest. It would be more fun. You know, at this point, I'm not even sure I, I, I can blame the, the, the boots on the ground journalists and editors for creating the culture that led to this. But at this point, like if you get out of college with a journalism degree, which is by the way, gender studies, but whatever, um, and you drop into one of these places, then you're it, it's already hopeless. You're not going to be able to do anything about the 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 incredible wokeness and bias because that's all coming from the top these days. You know, the the days of of Edward Murrow and Walter Cronkite saying the newsroom is editorially independent from the company. Those are long, long gone. And whatever the business people at the top, they're like, we need you to push this agenda. OK, this agenda, it'll be. 
there's really no hope that that industry needs to just die. Well, because it was it's, originally an industry that was there just as part of the deal to have their broadcast license was, well, you need to do X amount of news per day. And it was usually just like a half hour or hour of news for your programming. And you were making the money on everything else you were doing. And the news was not the money makers so of the news. You hired people who actually went out to get the stories and just were honest journalists. Yeah. The loss leader. Now, right. Now that the fact that the news program, especially with these 24 hour networks that are nothing but all news all day, all night, well, they need to make money. And well, again, economics are what led to the creation of the 24 hour networks. I think uh, was CNN, I think, was the first back at the Ted Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those, the economics that led to those coming up was news became entertainment and that kind of signaled the end of the impartial providing information thing. It's like, how do we take all of this impartial information and we entertain with it? Well, we add spin. And once once that top started spinning, it never slowed down. Yeah, the bias has gotten worse and worse when they realized the way to pull more people in was through emotional bias and through uh, the uh, with the confirmation bias, because people want to hear what they believe. Nobody wants to turn on the news and hear something that is antithetical to what their belief system is. I, I, you could have stopped that sentence earlier. I just don't want to turn on the news. <laughs> well, nobody does now. And it was, we know we're old because there was a time in our lives where there was not a 24 hour a day news channel available to people. Yeah. There, there was a time in my life when I would be preparing to go to school in the morning and my parents would be preparing to go to work in the morning and the TV would be on with the morning news report and we would get you know, bam, 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 bam. Here are all of the important stories, or at least the stories that they thought were important, which again, probably biased, but that was all the news I heard all day. And then it, it, you know, it had tied me over. I mean, okay. If I was going to school, then maybe I didn't need that much, but it was all, all our parents got too. Yeah. It was that the morning newspaper that was pretty much a majority. Now, some people still watch the evening news, but this was like a grand total of if you were, on the high end, it was like the grand total between your morning paper, the nightly news, and maybe listening to some radio news. Most people didn't get more than an hour of news a day. Now there's people that have it on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if they're up, the news is on. And that is certainly not good for your well-being. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if we like, you know, I don't watch TV news at all. In fact, when, when we were out, we stayed at a, a friend's house this last weekend while we were down there. And uh, this was, of course, one of those people for whom the the TV is always on. It's always a permanent background, like, you know, needles in my brain having TV news <laughs> and more importantly, TV commercials. Who was it? Was it CNN? Was it Fox? What was on? I don't even remember. It might have been one of the local stations, but it didn't matter. Like, you know, and and you'll have a bunch of talking heads say something completely inane, like some local store. uh a small four-year-old child saw a butterfly today, and this we've decided is news. And then cut to uh, a drug commercial, and then, uh, oh, and it's apparently election season, which is something that I have been so glad I've been missing. But every third, every other commercial on TV news, especially local, is for some politician. And, of course, it's Portland news, so it's all for Oregon politicians, like I give a crap. <laughs> well, that, that, and, 
Okay, how many and conservatives then, were on the air? I want to see how many conservative commercials. Well, actually, the thing that surprised me, and maybe this is again, I don't, I don't catch TV news, but it surprised me that probably ninety percent of them were negative commercials. Oh it yeah, was, you know, paid for by Jim Schmo. Don't vote for Jane Bod because you know she is a Trump supporter and wants everybody to have guns. I'm like, well, that's a pretty good endorsement of James Ma. <laughs> You're like, but, I like this person. I'm a Trump supporter. I like guns. I yeah, want I want in on I, that. I should illegally immigrate to Oregon just so I can vote for her. But it is negative. Negative ads have taken over, which I think for again, for rational thinking people, which is uh, you know, the great Larry Blydner keeps telling me they don't fucking exist anymore. Because I'm always like, you know, if people were logical, it's like, well, they're not, because otherwise. You could do a commercial that said, hey, here is what I want to do to make things better. Nobody does that anymore. If there's a c- candidate that's doing that, I'd like to know because it's probably a one no, in a hundred. If there's a candidate doing that, then they'll never get the support of one of the big parties. So you'll never see them. Right. It's all negative. It's all negative on what the other side is doing. Bo- both major parties, both Republicans and Democrats, their entire platform is the other party are doing bad things. You have to elect us so we can not do as bad a thing. Right. The other party is bad. We're less bad. Yeah. We don't want to say we're good. We're, we don't want to we're raise bad that bar. In ways that we're bad in other ways. And this is why, why those other ways are more acceptable to you. We are bad <laughs> in ways you haven't figured out yet. So you'll, yeah. you'll elect us and get us in. Uh, you know, exactly. you but, know, what's going to be it, starting soon though. The phone calls as well. Oh my! I've already been receiving text messages. Oh I, I already have a, you know, I've already got the app on my phone, and and this one seems to work on the new phone. It never worked right on the old phone, but that just says uh, if a call comes in, and that number is not in my address book, don't ring. Just send it to voicemail, and if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. I'll listen to it later. I'm not interrupting what I'm doing for a n- number coming in that isn't somebody I know. If the person, and if it is somebody I know, then the phone rings and then I either ignore it anyway or I answer it and be rude to them because I don't like people calling. But that's, that's if the developer is honest and not spying on you, that is the best app and the only app you might recommend for a phone. Well, it should be in the damn operating system, but we can't trust the vendors either. No, no, because they want people to call you so you can pick it up and then pay for airtime if you're still paying I mean, seriously, for airtime. that should be a feature in the operating system am i wrong no like just just a little switch that says if a number if a call comes in and it's not in my address book do nothing silent you know if it is in my address book go ahead and ring and which you app are put you that using in the section with all the custom ringtones do you know the name of the app you're using not off the top of my head He'll find it for the show notes, Cotton. Jim. I'd have to unlock my phone and enter the 12 digit <laughs> pin because security. I like the uh, one of the things that I've liked having Uma as a home phone, although it's voice over IP for years, is the ability to do just that, which is you can tell it if it's persons. If this number is not in my contacts, just send it to voicemail instead. Don't even ring the phone. And if somebody that really wants to get a hold of me gets the voicemail and doesn't leave a message and they really don't want to get a hold of me. So it's a much better system that you whitelist the people you want to be able to ring your phone. Yeah. I mean, most people by now should have figured out, should have figured out by 2022 that phone calls, 
phone calls are an a, or a, a they are synchronous. It, when you call, it is interruptive of whatever's going on on the other end. In order to have the interaction with you, in order to transfer any information at all, the person on the other end who is presumably had their own thing going on has to drop what they're doing and s- start talking to you. Now, it's high bandwidth. It's just like what we're doing right now, which, by the way, is also interruptive. I might have had a really good, important jerk off session. And you're like, no, we should do dr- grumpy old Ben's. I mean, obviously there are benefits to it. Like, you know, I I was getting a little raw. I mean, no, I mean, we have a high bandwidth conversation, but it is interruptive. And there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to be interrupted. For example, somebody calling to tell you that an Ethiopian prince died and wants to give you money. Doesn't need to be an interruption. You could get that to me in a text message or an email or anything asynchronous. Now, the one I'm using on my Android phone is a program, an app called Calls Blacklist by Vlad. <laughs> Sounds Russian. <laughs> Vlad Lee. So oh, now you're carrying water for Putin, aren't you? Although I don't know. It's Vlad Lee. So is he Russian or is he Chinese? Doesn't matter. They're both bad, right? He's probably both or neither. Yeah. Which is the, which is the problem. <laughs> you never uh, know who you're Polish. dealing with. He could be. You don't know who you're dealing with. That's the problem. There are. Stories every week about how many apps there are in the app stores for both Google and Apple that end up being malware and all sorts of other bad stuff. So, you know, be careful. Google and Apple end up being malware. Well, they are. They are malware. It's directly from from the start. But when it comes to the news, like we were talking about, they need to make money. Just like podcasters, which Time Magazine had an article, which I didn't find to be all that interesting which uh that's why i'm bringing it to the show obviously of course podcasters are buying millions of listeners raising questions about marketing the story was interesting you'd bring it to one of your other shows i understand how that works right i mean this one gets only the uh, articles that aren't quite so interesting um the most interesting thing about this was just to prove what we have been saying all along proving what adam curry's been saying all along which is anybody that's using the metric of podcast file downloads to sell advertising or anything else, highly inaccurate. And I was not aware of this system, but I guess there are podcasters now, including some of the big boys, don't like the iHeartRadio podcast and stuff. So this isn't just some little scammers out there trying to do this. The big podcasting outfits are doing this which is there's games. I don't know exactly what the games are, but the ads in the game, if you click on the ad, it seems to, from what I can tell from the article, like if you click on the thing to get rid of it, well, it downloads an episode of that podcast onto your device. What? Well, yes. While you're playing the game, each it says from the time article, each time a player taps on one of the fleeting in-game ads and wins some virtual loot, for doing so, a podcast episode begins downloading on their device. The, and it probably only begins downloading because they only count the begin. If they ever counted full downloads only, then you know it would just eat up all your bandwidth to, to download the full episode. Which is also an issue, uh, but it says the podcast company then in turn can claim the gamer is a new listener and add another converted download to its overall tally. It's like, so yeah, somebody who's never going to even know possibly that that episode was downloaded onto their phone is getting the episode downloaded because they're playing a game who has an ad or part of that game also confuses or uh, 
causes people to do something that downloads it. So I guess this is genius. If we were selling ads based upon downloads, all you would have to do is create some stupid game that people didn't realize that every time they petted their monkey in the game, it was downloading an episode of Grumpy Old Bands. We'd be like, hey, look, we got billions of listeners. Okay, serious question. Yeah. Should if we? you are, <laughs> if you are dishonest and running a podcast network, wouldn't it be easier to just run a daemon to cat to the log file a bunch of bogus entries and then say, here, we got 75 billion downloads. Here's our Apache log that proves it. You would think so. Would I that mean, not be easier than blowing the bandwidth? I mean, I, this unless, seems like a lot of hoops to jump through just to scam an advertiser. It may be going through a third party. You might have to give like a trusted third party access to your you know, logs. And this would be the way to actually have those downloads. Maybe that's what botnets are for. Could I don't be. know. I, it just seems like there's easier ways. Okay. Boobery says, start carrying water for Vlad the Impaler. Okay, boo. That's uh, thank you for the boostergram. We are going to have to start <laughs> carrying water for I Vlad. I didn't even see Boostbot say anything. I know. Boostbot's not in the troll room. It's nowhere. The minute Boostbot gets you to add Boostbot, Boostbot disappears. <laughs> there ain't no party like a Boostbot party because a Boostbot party don't happen. Well, far be it from me to lament the loss of, of a bot, a, a bot, <laughs> a tracking bot. You know, I don't, half the time I'm sitting here like, you know, getting three quarters of the way to typing out the command to kick ban Doug and then remembering that doesn't work. Yeah. Doug rules of the world, man. <laughs> Doug does everything right. He'll tell you in the troll room at trollroom.io. People were so mad that Kiwi IRC was down the other day during no agenda. Yeah, I saw that. Like, okay, well, do do we want to do we want to talk about what happens on the first time that I in in years that I take a vacation that keeps me away from no agenda? <laughs> well, it just means uh that the fun stuff will happen. I just feel like it, you know the the whole system was just sitting there waiting for me to not be around in order to collapse. Well, they really uh, we didn't have- even collapse as much as you had one of the shows that was scheduled well, to go live. Had, Kiwi crapped out and then the stream went to dead air. Uh, well, that, that I'm sure is perfectly fine. Well, they were two separate things and the dead air happened after the mighty no agenda stream because uh, our buddy, the no agenda millennial, his uh, internet was out, which is always great when you're a podcaster that gives you the fucking shakes, man. Let me tell you, there is nothing worse than like, I got three live shows to do today and the internet's out. Yeah, I, I understand. So I get uh, there's it. also there, there's all it's also not that fantastic to have 800 people listen to you doing your live tech support <laughs> like I just yes. just for I, I don't want to call anybody out, but just for future reference, if if you're scheduled to go on and, and have that many people catching you live and your entire system craps out, you get like four minutes to put the shit back together. And if you're still trying to figure out how to route audio go to another stream and just take the loss, let it go to playlist, which by the way, I was also not here to update the playlist. So of course it would have been show- playing shows from two weeks ago, but who cares? It's better than a shit show. But like I said, I didn't even care if the content was good. It was mainly just uh keep talking. <laughs> Whatever you, you do. Know, maybe, maybe that's talking. And, well, okay. Keep being entertaining. Yes. It doesn't have to be talk. You know, I like for me, if I'm trying to figure out audio routing, then I'm probably 
swearing up a storm. And if you put a microphone in front of me and record that, it would be entertaining. Yes. Maybe not good content, but. Well, some of the most entertaining pre no agenda was Adam Curry having technical difficulties and just getting pissed because we've all been there. But it is still entertaining and it actually makes you feel better because you're like, wow, this is the guy that invented it. He knows more about this than anyone else. So. Oh, if yeah. he's having problems, then it's okay when I fuck Oh, yeah, up. yeah. I've, I've, I've caught the pre, the beginning of enough No Agenda shows to know that if the guy who invented podcasting and is objectively an expert at all things audio routing still has this much problem, then you know, the rest of us are, we're all just kind of swimming over our heads. Let's just, you know, hope it goes. And I, I guess the only thing that I will put out there is, uh, you, it doesn't matter if everything goes right. I mean, sure, it's frustrating when it doesn't, but be entertaining or step out of the way and let somebody who is going to be entertaining do it, because that's what we're all here for. We're really all just here to laugh at whatever show and, and point and, and ridicule. Uh, well, actually, some of us are here to be informed, but uh, <laughs> jokes on you. Sometimes but, people just can't type in a password correctly. And, uh, and, and you know, th that's fine. But I, I'm just saying, you know. If you want everything to go right, you're going to have to test a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Know what you're doing before it hits it. And I get it. The guy that normally connects was out. So the co-host figured he could do it and then had problems. The minute you start having problems, it was probably a better idea to just say, hey, we'll take the mulligan and schedule a new show. Well, I guess all I can say is, uh, you know, Congratulations. You guys ruined it for everyone. We're just going to have to shut the stream off entirely. And, and we're just going to, it's going to be nothing but uh, political ads in between no agenda now, because you know, you've ruined it for everyone. <laughs> it's all, uh, yes, it was a no, no agenda millennial. The guy is you. Like the other guy was Zhao Jin. And I'm just like, I, well, I was, <laughs> I was on a thread this morning where somebody was lamenting that people don't put the, the slash S after their posts when they're using sarcasm and saying English is is a tonal language and it doesn't come well in text. And so if you're going to use sarcasm, you have to make sure that you make it obvious. I'm like, or you could do what I do and just assume that everybody's being sarcastic until you find evidence otherwise, because honestly, you shouldn't put you shouldn't take gospel truth out of what some idiot on the Internet that you've never interacted with before says. True. True. I mean, I thought it was funny, though, because you called because obviously you were getting lit up from while you were on vacation. Oh, my God. My phone was exploding. I'm sitting here like I was holding it out, trying to navigate. <laughs> it keeps popping Memphis, up. Memphis driving home, trying to get around a traffic jam. So I got my phone out going, OK, we need to take the OK. You know, you should take Highway 3. Go to go to. OK, no. Go, OK. And my phone is just beep, 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 the fucking Tusky going crazy. I'm like. Darren, have you got this? Like I'm, I'm working on it. And then uh, when I thought it was great when uh, I mean, you know, Dow Jen's online, and I'm like, keep talking, keep talking. I'm, you know, figuring this would at least give him content to anger him by continuing to punch him in the mouth uh, from the chat room to uh, to what he's doing. And he's like, Darren doesn't like me anyway. And you're like, who the fuck cares if you like him? <laughs> you're running a scream. <laughs> like, good point. And like, I just just talk to something stop this there's nothing worse also, than if you're fucking up my stream i don't like you right now either right stop it. right and it's like a, i don't want to have to reboot this thing on you but it's like sometimes it's good i guess sometimes it's good content as long as there are not 
there is nothing worse than looking over at that little meter that I have in my uh, audio player, which, you know, gives you a little visualization of the audio coming through and just seeing nothing. It's like, you can't have that. Always have sound coming out. And then, of course, uh, <laughs> the agenda millennial himself, he's like sending me messages like, I'm telling him to get the hell off the stream, man. This does not look good for us. This guy, he just won't stop, man. I don't know what's going on, man. Okay, on the off chance that that he's listening to this show, maybe we should cut him a little slack and, and move on. Yeah, Nam is. Oh, no Bull, agenda millennial Bull is. He's fine. He's good. Dow Jim, he was good, too. Don't, don't make me turn this stream around, mister. Yeah, we'll do that. Next, next time, we should have that audio clip. But all's well that ends well. Sometimes just the technical gremlins will get you the Kiwi like changed their um, their the, the uh, URL is the term I'm looking for to their online web based chat window. So that was getting nothing when you went to the noagendastream.com page and it was updated. And at first I thought they had finally decided to block the fuck out of zero node because <laughs> when you would try to connect, it gave a, you know, will not yeah. connect because of you know, like failed yeah. or refused. Like, no, no, we're blocking this site. It's nothing but a bunch of trolls. Uh-huh. And then I realized it was everybody's and I'm like, oh, okay, wait, that's everybody. So it's just, they switched something and nothing is working right now. And, uh, which is why we highly recommend for people that want to get into the troll room. If you want to get your what 1980s, 1990s IRC on, you should go get a 1970s. client. Yeah. Get a client like Hex Chat or Ice Chat or MIRC. Which, by the way, all have UI right out of the 1980s. Yes. They all are beautiful. They remind me of a more halcyon time when uh, things just worked a little yes. bit better. Back before rounded rectangles ruined everything. Yes. Now, before, I mean, I don't want to necessarily go in, into the uh, the donation segment right now, but there is content in the donation segment, which I think may take a while. Uh-oh. Okay, because we got a message. So, I mean, let's I guess let's do that. Let's say we're going into the donation segment, but we're going to be talking about the first Uh donor a little bit here, Uh Oh, which is concerning me, which is some young guy, otherwise known as dude named Kyle, who comes in with one hundred and fifty dollar ruse, which is which is big, which is very much appreciated. Yeah, I mean, that'll buy me a coffee at the local Starbucks. Well, now, yeah. With Biden inflation, but can you do you have enough gas out of that to get to? No, this? I don't think I, I I'm gonna have to walk down there. I don't have enough gas to get to the local Starbucks. That is the problem. Um, let's see here. He says, "Been a while due to a recent sale of my truck. I have some extra change. Figured I'd donate and share some boots on the ground information with you. Feel free to share and ask questions." Okay, my first question was in an electric truck, and did you get rid of it because it had crap range? Right. It's like I can't drive this thing. I had to get a real truck. But he says, I'm pleased that you and Ryan finally stumbled onto uh, play to earn NFTs because we talked about that in the last show. Yes. And it's like I, I had not I was not familiar with this. I am still very confused about exactly what this entails. CSB probably knows all about it because he, he's into that I, NFT stuff. I, I'm, I'm still somewhat confused as to why people would want that. But I've stopped asking those questions. He says, here is one month's profit from my collection. So is this 150 wow. a one month's profit from this uh, NFT scam that's going on? Wait, uh, like profit from the collection. Like, is it making royalties or? See, I don't know. I'm so confused. How I, do you? Thank you. How do you profit from holding a collection? Like, I thought you just profit from selling. He I'm says, missing? 
I currently. Am I missing a revenue stream here? I think so. Are, are we issuing a grumpy old Ben's NFT after this? We should. Now be. that we found out you can make a lot of money on it. Yes. This is a great idea. Actually. Um, he says, I currently hold 13 chefs, 20 assistants, seven tools and five cups. And I'm just sitting here going, I don't know what the fuck that means. What are those? <laughs> I mean, you have 13 chefs. I mean, is that like people? Do you have them in your are basement? They, they, okay. I, the cups I thought are a tarot card. Are these, is that what these are? This is something like it, in digital term. Like, is that a tarot card? The 13 of chefs? It could be 13 chefs. No, I think he has 13 chefs, 20 assistants and seven tools and five cups. He says it's quite complex. And he says that because obviously so. it's, it's quite complex. Uh, okay. He says, if you are interested in finding out more, the game is available in the docs or at pizza.game slash docs. Now, when I hear pizza, I'm thinking like really bad. Okay. Either I'm thinking really good, yummy dinner, or I'm thinking perverted people and child porn because that's the whole Pizzagate thing, right? Well, you can't combine those. <laughs> if you try, hey, if you want to combine, if you want to combine child porn and I mean, dinner, you know, children like pizza. That's exactly true. That is true. But if you go to pizza.game slash docs, just start from the beginning. I mean, that seemed like a lot of homework to me. So that is not something I have done as of yet but i'm guessing I, that's I have, where you can get chef as of this moment this very moment i have a browser tab open where i am not typing that in right very very well i can also help to explain anything so far we're confused about everything so we might have to have you on because <laughs> it's gonna be like what he says i started with an initial investment of 300 dollars when the game first launched in march does now, that seem like a ridiculous initial investment for a game I would say yes. Am I, am I out of touch here? I know that one of my other co-hosts, Gene Nevdulyev, he has spent thousands on virtual spaceships. So what's yeah, 300 on insane. virtual pizza? That. Yes, well, he is. He is insane. He has uh, weird things that he likes to uh, put his money into. Although he did buy a lot of Russian rubles when they were low and is laughing at all of the American dogs for... Uh, for doing what they sure. did uh the, but, the, their pipeline tokens yes he says now over time i've only compounded my returns to improve in the game i've also invested more money totaling about twenty five hundred dollars so okay see the 300 now that seems reasonable but I, I mean that's a great rate of return but are we dealing with you know the the selection bias of telling the story of the lottery winner and how you know if if you just buy one ticket in your life, you'll win if you happen to be the the one person who won. If you catch the right one at the right time, I think this is something about playing the game at the right time of the yeah. crypto going up because he does then point out uh, it seems like a lot, but the game started when the token Avalanche Coin AVAX was around $100 per token. I put most of that in when AVAX was at $40 or lower. So he bought in low and the crypto went high. Unlike every crypto I've ever purchased buy, buy low, sell high. I think right. we've stumbled onto a winning strategy. I think so. I mean, I know the strategy. I've just never been able to put it into motion. I always seem to buy and then it goes down. So there's that. So, I mean, Kyle may just be way better than we are at being able to, uh, to figure these things out. Well, I, you know, figuring out exactly when to get in and out of a market so that you buy low and sell high, 
That is the strategy. And in fact, lots and lots and lots of people over the years have all really tried to find the gimmick to do exactly that. Yes, he and, says, you know, congratulations, Kyle. I'm actually very happy for you. I just like it doesn't feel like if I tried to copy that, I would enjoy the same success. Right. It would be a different, completely different story, which would be all the money you would lose. Kyle would somehow win. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, that might be worth it if Kyle wants to continue donating it to this show. I intend to continue compounding until the markets recover. If they ever do, then start taking profits, he says. The idea is that as AVAX goes up, so will Pizza Token, thus driving the price up of soda and roni as they are directly tied to pizza. <laughs> I mean, I read that, and again, okay. I went to Lewis Black in the uh, the only, if it weren't for my horse, uh, I would have never spent that year in college. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing not to parse these sentences at this point. Like I said, it's complex. I could talk for hours on this topic and we may make you at some point, Kyle. One of the headlines that I scrolled past in my news role of research this morning and didn't click in because it felt completely obvious, but I feel obliged to tell the headline was something to the effect of NFTs are cooling off. They're now worth 97% less than they were at the beginning of 2022. Now, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's the correct statistic. And I did not investigate because I didn't want to have yet another show talking about NFTs. Right. But, here we are. <laughs> here we are. But they're drastically different things. There's a big difference between our buddy CSB who takes a doodle and puts it out as an NFT and sells it for four bucks. And then there's a big difference between an NFT that is tied to a piece of real estate or there's yeah. tied to an actual physical piece or, of artwork that you can get or there's there or, was or even, an NFT that's tied to an AI generated gorilla and an right. incredible celebrity fueled marketing push that becomes so incredibly overvalued that you can only afford it. If you're stupid and have too much money, well, then the gas prices, which is what you have to pay to like mint these things or transfer these things is ridiculous. We talked about that months ago when the Reverend Horton Heat, a guy that we both like the music of, was like, well, I'm going to put out a single. And it's like, well, yeah, I'd like to help the guy. He's putting out these, uh, you know, MP3 singles for like 10, 20 bucks, whatever it was. Yeah, that's cool. I want to be involved. And it's like, OK, I'm going to go try to spend my 20 bucks. And it's like. That'll be 147.30. Like what? It's it's twenty dollars. Well, no, gas prices are high right now, and it's like, well, you're fucking high if you think I'm paying that to get that. Um, okay, something I definitely haven't investigated. Do you know if gas prices have moved since the Ethereum merge that happened? We talked about last week. I have not looked into that, and I know. There's a lot, I read of, these a lot things. of people who said the gas prices were going going to go down because of it. And I read at least two other articles that said they were going to go up. So I'm actually interested in which finding way? out which direction they went. That is interesting. And that's why a lot of these things are on alternate coins. You know, very much. I'm guessing I don't understand fully the interworkings of it all, but I'm guessing it's maybe similar to what the lightning nodes are to Bitcoin is what these other things could be to Ethereum which is we have another thing kind of off to the side that's related, but it's not really on the chain, but it's kind of on the chain that we can do it cheaper. When, when BoostBot starts counting Doge, I'll be, <laughs> uh, I might be banning BoostBot, but what do I know? It's like, come back, BoostBot. 
People should be boosting. <laughs> it's the only way this show is going to keep on going. Although, or if more people like Kyle go out and play crazy games that we don't understand and make a lot of money and then donate. Net net in the troll room is saying gas went up by 40 fucking cents. <laughs> it's a different kind I'm of not gas. sure. I'm not sure what 40 is like is, is 40 a large number or a small one and are fucking cents different than the celibate cents or yes. I, I like, how how are they fundamentally different other than they seem to be having a much better time? Well, the fucking cents have to pay the premium by needing protection in order not to catch that, an STD virtually. Are, are fucking cents the ones that you have to use in order to buy porn NFTs? Correct. That would make okay. more sense. It's in that ecosystem. What, but, but does it make 40 more sense or is less or more? It makes less sense of more sense. Gotcha. And Clear as mud. If you didn't understand that, just send a booster grandma and asking us to, uh, crystallize those thoughts a little bit better we can explain again using exactly the same words and confused voices yes but thank you kyle that's that's the biggest uh, donation we've had in a while here on grumpy old ben's it, it is and i appreciate that that kyle is making money by uh, honestly by working a system that most people don't seem to in, understand including myself yeah but i'm gonna look into it and i'm gonna lose every penny of that of my half of okay. that 150 before the next show. Well, then you'd better get you'd better get $150 worth of show content out of it. Right. It's like what you do with that uh, donation? Why well, put it into uh, the uh, the the pizza game? Yeah. I, and and now I've got nothing. I lost it all on gas fees. <laughs> yes. It would be very very likely to happen. Yes. Our buddy Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley coming in with his $25 monthly donation. That dude's awesome. We appreciate that Sir Sean. Curtis Peterson coming in with five bucks. Don Mills coming in with five bucks. Sir Truck Driver, who I apologize, Jim. I forgot to mention him on Random Thoughts. He came in with a spray and pray donation, which is here's money. Split it between whatever shows you want. So I figured it would only be fair to split it between all of the shows and not be like, well, to be fair, I asked. It it would it would only be fair to be like five percent to this show, five percent to this show and the rest. I'll go to Random Thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. Which I mean, Gene always says that people should not donate. So I gave you the option. I'm like, do you want your, you want your half of this five bucks? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I thought you told people not not to donate. He's like, well, but if they're gonna, well, he's got to have something to put, put back into rubles, right? You've got to buy the rubles. And so I did forget to mention us or truck driver on random thoughts. I'll have to do that next time. Cause now I do when doing all these different shows, it was easier when there was only one or two, cause then I would remember that it was a split, but now when I'm going in for the show that day, I'll go into Thunderbird where all of the emails go to. And if I type into Thunderbird, grumpy old Ben's, it'll bring up all of the PayPal notices that came in for grumpy old Ben's. If I type in random thoughts, it'll show those shows. It'll show those donations. So if something comes in, which they're great, we appreciate that. But when somebody does want to like, well, just split this between the shows. Well, there's no search term that I'm using, so I actually have to make a note of that when it comes in, and sometimes I'm dumb and don't. But it all works out in the end. You're disorganized. We get it. Yes. I do too many shows. But CSB, although he is not listening live, I don't think, because he's out doing business in the Nobody real world. live. They all have some excuse like, oh, your time slot is terrible. That was cold acid. Usually, he's like, he doesn't like the time that, slot. That, in fact, was my cold acid voice. Did it come through? He likes the time slot too much. Uh, it's very hard to say, but CSB comes in with his 15,033 sats with his uh, public service announcement that says, howdy, Ryan and Darren. 
I invite your audience. So invite audience, audience, we are invited to a podcast about artificial intelligence narrated by Gregory William Forsyth Foreman from Kent in UK. As if anybody was confused about where Kent was. Or if anybody who hasn't already uh, heard about Gregory William Forsyth Foreman and his there, silky there, voice. There is, in fact, a city named Kent south of Seattle. Damn it. <laughs> so you, and, and I didn't know there was a Kent in the UK for much of my youth. Well, now you do because Just of this. Letting you, I, I, I'm vaguely aware now that the Kent in the UK was there first. Are you sure? No. It says just enter in your web browser. But the browser. one here is all strip malls, so what do I know? Well, that's no good. There are at least bars and pubs in the one in the, the UK. That sounds like a lot more fun. Enter in your web browser or any podcast app, AI.cooking. Stay safe with Jesus. And by the way, my cartoons are at www.csb.lol. All available as NFTs too, yo. See? NFTs. There they are. And stay safe with Jesus. Jesus is staying safe with me, CSB. Any millennial? You know the guy. You were talking about him earlier. He came in with 4,500 sats and said, hey, would you blow me? Is like a name. <laughs> but is that, that should have been Dow Jen's name uh, when, he, when he got on the stream. Just for the record? Yeah. No. No. no I won't. <laughs> just to be very clear. <laughs> Servo came in with 3333 sats and it just says boosting from Crontab. So I don't know how he was boosting from cron tab but if there's the event hey people are finding new and weird ways to boost and i like that now uh, billy bones came in with 450 sats and just said happy birthday old ben i guess that's for you it's it's for one of us it might be just really late it could like be. it might have taken five months to get through the the lightning network and and it was actually meant for you that is the problem with the lightning stuff sometimes it just floats around for a while um boobery just came in with eleven thousand one one one, so a row of uh matchsticks there he says boostbot i think has been having tour issues have you considered adding the op3 tag for download tracking to your episode enclosures no no i have not we I have, don't know what that is he's like we have but the data is not accessible for non-bends currently which is the problem with a is, lot is of op3 is that like overpowered level three is that you I just have to overpower your lightning network Maybe I don't know what the OP3 like tag is for, or something for download tracking of uh, your ep- your episode enclosures. I don't know, but Boobery's uh, at the uh, forefront it, it, of yeah, a lot well, of this stuff. Boobery's going to have to get back to us because, uh, you know, despite doing the tech thing, I'm definitely behind most, much of the community with regards to how all of this lightning stuff works because, well, because everybody else knows a lot more about me than, and I'm, it means I don't have to. It, no. it means when I have a question, I don't have to go do my own research. I can ask Booberry or Sir Spencer or or Abel Kirby or any of the people who know everything. Right. It's like, hey, well, okay, Booberry and Spencer anyway. <laughs> well, and Metis, don't forget Metis, because it's oh, like, yeah, Metis has some knowledge. You're like, hey, you've done this, right? Yeah. Well, well can you tell me well, how actually, to do it? Metis, I don't know if Metis has the knowledge or not, but he has access to his co-host on Fun Fact Friday, who does in fact have all the knowledge. True. She is reading at a college level in uh, what's it, seventh grade. That's not saying much. Well, I guess it depends on where, how, if you're measuring against Today's what college, college level right. readers are, are what we used to consider a seventh grade level. It might be third grade from what we were considering back in our day. You don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll find out. We need to have Boobery on then to tell us all about the OP3 tag. We need dude named Kyle on to explain how we can make money playing NFT games. 
Uh, Net Ned coming in with 40, 40 sats saying, stop making scent. The talking Neds. Okay. <laughs> We're doing That's a great little uh, takeoff of the talking heads. Now, if you can actually do the audio of that and produce a track, we would like that. The Any Millennial coming in with a row of matchsticks again, 11, 11, one. So that's 11,111. Never let Jesus take the wheel, especially when he has long blonde hair and uses voice meter. So that is a Carrie Underwood uh, comment, I guess. Uh, okay. But I think Carrie Underwood could actually sing. I mean, she's saying Jesus take the wheel. When it comes to a lot of artists, I think she actually has some talent. She actually filled in at a few shows when Axl Rose was out. So I guess she must be a huge Guns N' Roses fan because she just like stepped in and she she does Axel screams like Axel did back in 1988. She's still got the range to to pull that off. And I think she's actually better sonically as the head of Guns N' Roses than Axel Rose. And let's be honest, looks a lot better. Yeah, you were setting the high bars today. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying. I'm putting them out there. I don't. I don't want to brag, but I might be better sonically than Axl Rose was today. Well, not back in 1988. He's still well, maybe not back then. No, but today no, I still had the high squeaky voice back then. Yeah, today I don't know. He's he's uh, not so good. G of the Midwest coming in with 33, 33 sets just now. He says I only listen live, listen lit to the gobs. See if you yes. can find us. That's great. That is the one of the, you know, maybe the best thing about the podcasting 2.0 stuff, maybe even better than being able to stream Satoshi's and get boostograms is the ability now to click a few buttons. I mean, right now it's still editing a text file and that, but it's a relatively simple procedure that sends out a signal to everybody that is subscribed to the show on a podcasting 2.0 app that then they get an alert on their phones. That's like, Hey, grumpy old Benz is going live. Yes. And that alert is extremely valuable because what it means is that I get a bunch of messages when we send it out that say, I can't listen at this time slot. Like, okay. (laughs) But that's why it's a podcast. Quit quit your job. Oh, (laughs) no agenda. Millennial says Dow Jen has long blonde hair and uses voice meter. So, I mean, okay. (laughs) And I'd still rather watch Carrie Underwood than Dow Jen. Let me tell you that. You know what? If, if you want a, a really solid review of voice meter, just go listen to cold acid when he's having routing problems or Nick, the rat, Yeah, <laughs> Nick, the rat. I think Nick finally dumped it for something like the Motu. I think he finally got rid of, and I, I, I don't know it. if you caught this. I didn't hear it. So I'm going to mention it again. There was also 1111 from Booberry says, start carrying water for Vlad, the impaler. Yes. Yeah. Did we you have mention to. that one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you, uh, were you, did you drink? A no, I don't listen to this show. I right. was just reading. Are you on, are you on cold medications? Would you like some cold medications? If I you would. want a boost, if you want to send a boost to Graham, get a new podcast app like fountain or Podverse. You can find a whole list at newpodcastapps.com. And if you want to help this show go along, like Kyle, dude named Kyle, some young guy, which is probably racially offensive to some people. You go, I hope so. You go over to grumpy old Ben slash donate. You can uh, use the donate button. If you want to do the PayPal one time or monthly thing, you can use the QR codes. You can use the wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, you can use the PO box address. If you want to go the snail mail route, you can go to patreon.com slash grumpy old Ben's. If you're in that ecosystem. And then of course you can boost and send a boost to Graham 
if you're in the whole podcasting 2.0 thing. No matter how you're doing it, we appreciate you supporting the show and we appreciate you listening, especially live when we do the shows. It's always good to have an instant fact check going on in the troll room. And it's just a whole lot more fun. It's a lot less stuffy than a lot of podcasts that just, you know, like, I can't listen to like the NPR style podcast. Well, the, yes, but that's not because it's stuffy. Well, true, because the they're, they're, is- there's a lot of problems with those particular <laughs> styles of like, uh, like for example, what we're doing right here. Um, I, I know that you go back and, and kind of edit and massage the MP3 at the end, but what you're not going to get from this show is a thousand jump cuts per second. Oh yeah. I hate that's That actually makes me nauseous when it happens in video. It's, it's like riding a, a roller coaster and being on the bottom of the cart. <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> that is not a pleasant feeling. So, earlier, we were talking about spam SMS, and I wanted to tell you about an exciting plan that the FCC has to end the scourge of spam for once and for all. They're going take, to take, take down 12. all of the uh, cell towers. You know, that might actually have a chance at working. This one, eh, maybe not. Uh, the uh, There was a, a vote of the FCC commissioners recently on uh, a proposal that, uh, inst- interestingly, the proposal has been on the docket for almost a year, and they just decided to vote on it this week. Not sure why that is, but uh, the proposal is to require mobile wireless providers to block texts at the network level that purport to be from invalid, unallocated, or unused numbers and numbers on a do not originate list. So, now, I mean, I get that. Uh, the question is, why aren't they doing that to begin with? Well, yeah. And, and more importantly, why does the FCC have to step in? That, that's my very first question is, is not why isn't the FCC doing so? The, the FCC only has the power to point a weapon at somebody and say, you'll be thrown in jail if you don't do what we say. That's the only power they have. But the, the wireless carriers, theoretically, if they wanted to, say, make their customers happy, blocking unallocated numbers seems like it would be like a baseline. So wh- why, is, why is T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon and Xfinity not doing that already, first of all? Well, yeah, that is the question. Because, again, going back to a very cheap voice over IP service that I've had for a decade plus, the UMA service, same thing. You have the ability to decide what you want as far as just getting calls. This is not text, but it's a similar thing because you can, one, block any number you want, and then there's a variety of blacklists available, just like there are to put on your pie hole to avoid advertisers. There are blacklists, so enough people report that a particular number or particular content is a ad or a scam or a robocaller, then it helps build lists. And of course, these guys change numbers all the time. So it's a little bit more difficult, but we're right back to what you asked for a long time ago was why can't you just say, don't give me any texts that aren't in my contact list. Don't give me any phone calls that aren't in my contact list. Like the app that I have, I can go into that and then see if anybody sent one when, when I'm, it's convenient for me and I want to go check. And if it's somebody yeah, that's that I want to trick, by the way, and you have to remember to it, do that too. Um, it, don't, don't just, you, you're, that's the trick. And, and this is goes to one of the reasons I brought this story is because I am not entirely comfortable with this solution because 
they are talking about, uh, you know, e- erasing it to memory holding any text that meets this criteria as if it's not there. And like, oh, well, you just don't need to be bothered by it. And that concerns me because I, I always, always, you know, I am all for you're bothered filtering. by everything. I am all for I'm all for removing content that sucks because Sturgeon's law and anything you can do to fight against the 90% of everything that is shit is, is a righteous choice. But I have to have an audit log. I have to be able to go back and verify, okay, somebody tried to send me this and my automated system blocked it. Good. 90% of the time that should be absolutely correct. And if somebody says, oh, I tried to send this to you and it didn't go through, I want to know why. And I am guaranteeing that under this solution, I'm not going to have an audit log. Those SMS messages are just not going to appear and I will have no access or no way of knowing whether or not it appeared or or was sent. Not entirely comfortable with that. No, it's Uh, not the most reasonable solution. The FCC is also investigating, quote, measures the commission can take to encourage providers to identify and block texts that come from spoofed numbers. Well, that's the other question, too, because I don't know what exactly is um, involved technically to be able to tell when something comes from a number that looks like it's my number. How can they verify that it is actually coming? in the current protocol? It can only be verified by the originator. Uh, I mean, the, the protocol doesn't have that information available it's your 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 network gets handed a packet that says it came from this number and you really don't have any way to know if it came from that number other than i mean you can do things like verify which network it came through if you know for sure that the number is is from your own network and another network is handing you the text you're like how'd you get that right but no they i you know i've i've worked on a number of protocols back in my day and uh when when a protocol becomes overrun because of weaknesses in it, then you either change the protocol or you replace it. You know, things like this make me wonder, is SMS done? Like is, is SMS still, does it need to just die? You know, it was the same way that email and IRC died sort of. Well, they're still there. (laughs) Of course they're still there. But, um, you know, cause who, who, who is, who is working on the protocol? Is anybody is, is there anybody out there interested? Everybody has their own walled garden SMS replacement that they would love for you to use. Please go ahead and use Darren and Ryan's instant messaging service because it's right. better than SMS, except that it's a walled garden and there's only three people on it. And the people that you contact have to be on the Darren and Ryan app. And that's true of every single walled garden SMS replacement. So it's not an SMS replacement because it's not an open standard that everybody can use. But is anyone working on the open standard? Uh, is, you know, it, it's not IRC, but is, uh, um, oh, what not, what were they talking about on podcasting 2.0 a couple of weeks back? It wasn't, wasn't OPML. It was, uh, anyway, it, I, I'm, I'm Something just wondering. With the chats. Yeah, it was, it was the, the chat thing that, Dave said, you know, well, IRC is terrible, but it's still in use. So we have to support it, but we should, we should just be encouraging people to go to this other thing instead. Like, well, eh. it's the one that started out as jabber. I'm not remembering the acronym right now. XMPP. Thank you, Booberry. And I, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe we start pushing people that way. Maybe we start, hey, there are so many replacements because SMS has a huge problem, but rather than trying to fix the protocol 
the FCC is just pointing guns at the people implementing it and saying, you have to fix this or else. And each, each carrier is going to come up with their own solution. Each carrier is going to come up with their, you know, their own very slightly incompatible way of fixing it. There's going to be a lot of things falling through the cracks. There's going to be scenarios like, uh, you know, this was a legitimate one that they tried to send me and you keep blocking it, that sort of thing. I'm not going to have an audit list. And actually, and here's the thing. I hate spam as much as the next guy, but I don't, I'm not comfortable with equipping every carrier to become even more censorious than they are now. Because if you implement something that says block all SMSs that come from a do not originate list, well, you're one court order or backroom FBI handshake or NSA dude named Ben twip twiddling a database from censoring political speech because you just kind of put a few candidates or the the party you don't like on the do not originate list. And now this becomes yet another tool in the Biden administration's handbook of using common filtering tools to screw over Republicans or four years from now, it might be a tool in the Republican handbook to screw over Democrats. It goes both ways. I'm not sure I like the idea of putting together a list of, well, these numbers are bad and therefore let's ghost them. Right. Well, you have to give people the opportunity to opt out of that if they want, which they won't because, oh, we're fixing the problem. Nobody wants these messages. And the end result will be issues of a different sort. And when things start getting caught, I don't know. There's no responsibility for the phone carriers. If somebody is legitimately trying to text message you, it could be an emergency situation and a text doesn't yeah. go through and it auto, you know accidentally gets blocked. I mean, your wife's like, oh, no, Ryan, I need you to come do this now. And it's like, well, that, yeah. oh, it didn't go and, through. And, and, and right now, it seems like the criteria for doing that, and that's always the problem I have with opaque filter lists is, is what are the criteria? And OK, invalid, unallocated or unused numbers. That seems like a no brainer. The chance for abusing that is it exists, but not that it, Numbers on a do not originate list freaks me the hell out because, well, because most how do you get on that list? And right. more importantly, how do you get off it? Well, and they spoof but, it. So when I'm using your phone number to spam people, then what? Yeah. Then I end up on the do not originate list and can't send SMS to anybody. Yep. Nobody do that, please. <laughs> but it's like, I don't like using SMS. Nobody should use it if they want any kind of privacy. That and has to be every- pointed out. And then everything gets a thousand times more opaque and inscrutable the moment that somebody comes up with the genius idea to throw an AI at it. Well, now, instead of having bright line rules of this gets censored and this doesn't, now you feed all text everywhere into a computer and the computer does something that no human being can possibly understand and then spits out and says, this is bad, this is good, this is bad. And now we've lost to the AI overlords again. Well, of course. That's why CSB wants all of us <laughs> to go right underneath. Um, I had uh, another article that pulled what technology, which is similar to what we've talked about. This was an article from a site, technewsworld.com. So, you know, they're serious. But this was another one of these. Or, or at least they've thrown together some terms that sound serious. Yes. Well, this is another one of these websites using AI to do stuff. And do this, stuff. Yes. Well, this one is d-id.com. 
And this looks like another one of these subscription services where they have the ability to take a static photo and then you can use text to speech to make it talk or you can upload your own audio and the AI then syncs the mouth to make it look like the little avatar is talking. And I've just played around with it briefly. The fakes are evolving. Yes. That's exactly the point here. This is getting way better. And the cultural appropriations question for the ultra woke came to my mind just as a humorous aspect of the story, because I don't give a shit. But the reality now becomes, hey, I'm selling a product. I'm an old white guy, but I'm trying to sell this product as an old white guy to young black guys. So I go get a young black guy avatar and then. Oh, yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, this is. This is exactly where we are with the technology right now. Well, okay. So here's, here's my question about the technology, because you know, this is coming is, well, first of all, do they only animate the lips or can they animate other things like move your hands and, and other body parts? And then also, um, you know, at what point do you end up with this becoming say a browser plugin? Like how soon can I have a browser plugin that turns every zoom caller into Jeffrey Tubin? (laughs) I don't know if we want that, um, but you know, it'll happen. AI will provide. Yeah. And this is being done in a browser. So this is very uh, interesting stuff. I mean, it's just the processing being done on the back end. So you choose a photo or you upload one. I have not tried uploading a photo. Um, they show people with the hands and stuff moving. I don't know if that's just available with the ones that they provide or not. It'll be interesting to play around with that. But again, the interesting part to me was, for somebody that's looking to do a quick little video or something like that, or you don't, you know, you want to be on YouTube, but you don't want people to know what you look like. Well, this is great. You just take some random, you can even go to one of those sites that just make up people that don't exist. And that can be your guy, man. That can be your avatar. Nobody will even know that it's not real. The technology right now is just slightly off, but it is so good at this point that it's probably not going to be years. It's probably more in the weeks or months away from when you could just grab a photo, upload a headshot, and turn it into your avatar. Yeah. And add an audio file and it'll just make it, you know, the face will move, the eyes will blink and everything else. And, and, you know, people who want to continue putting out their YouTube channels, but want anonymity are, I mean, this is, this is a whole new level. Overlord Doomcock is suddenly looking pretty damn quaint. <laughs> yes, it really is. And it's again, it's impressive where it's at right now. It's only going to get better. You know, of course, they mention in this article the deep fake concerns. Again, rightfully so, because I can upload a Donald Trump photo. And there's a few people out there on Twitter and Please elsewhere. Tell me you did that. No, I didn't yet, but I should. But there's people like on Twitter that do really good Donald Trump impersonations. The deep fake possibilities are endless. Yeah, we're we're going back to that New Yorker article from 1991 on the Internet. No one knows you're a dog. Well, now now you can look like a talking dog. (laughs) Yeah. And there was somewhere in this article that pointed out with the technology available now, they said they can't detect here. They uh, detecting deep fakes is a losing proposition in the long run. This guy maintained even today, detection algorithms generally cannot identify more than 70% of deep fakes. My guess is 
they can't even get anywhere close to that. No, you, you, you're not going to be able to detect everything meant to fool you because fools are so ingenious at coming up with new ways to get fooled. Yes. And this is a, uh, a continuing on of a project. I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but I remember when this came out, it was either in uh, coordination with or funded by one of these ancestry sites. And the whole thing was like, well, take a old photograph of grandma and it'll show her like moving around and stuff. You know, it's like, and to me, that's really oh my fucking God. weird. Yes. That's, that's like one step away from desecrating the corpse. And I'm not sure which direction it is. It's, it's stepping. I know it's like, so you're taking an old photo and you're animating it in a realistic way using the AI. We really are at the point. I mean, I got shitty eyes, so I don't I mean, believe there, anything. There was a, there was a Black Mirror episode which discussed exactly this, which was a service that lets you bring your dead relatives back to life using AI. And it was creepy when that was just sci-fi and it's still creepy now. Yeah, well, you could yeah, have a Zoom chat with your dead whatever. That's weird. It really is. But it's the, the ability to get the voice and the picture and the image now are there because it's amazing. I mean, I love the technology that you can take an old photograph and it can make the person in the photograph move in a way that looks realistic. I dig it, but I understand there are issues. I'm also very weirded out, even though this is obviously with his consent, but the great James Earl Jones at 91 finally said, yeah, I'm not fucking doing Darth Vader anymore. That, that was actually, I've got two stories remaining on my list, and one of them I put in here titled Darth Zombie. Yes, I mean, this is so very weird that he's like, well, yeah, you can continue using my voice. They have him recorded enough to where they can make Darth Vader say whatever the fuck they want for thousands of years. Yeah. It's just so weird to me. I, a dude is 91 years old. I am totally okay with him deciding he doesn't want to voice the character anymore. He's apparently been doing it in various places for 45 years yeah since 1977 I, baby I, oh yeah i should have known that was exactly what because <laughs> i yeah i turned 45 a few days ago uh-huh um, you think you would have known that <laughs> i i could have if i bothered to do the math yeah I, I i what i noted about this is that uh he has now signed over the rights to disney to voice the character using ai in order to keep vader alive using technology from a startup called respeecher which uses archival recordings and a proprietary AI algorithm to create new dialogue with the voices of performers from long ago. You know, there was a time, and, and this is why it was in my notes, Hollywood used to recast characters when the actor got too old. Like, does anybody remember Doctor Who and the whole thing of why he, he regenerates? It's because they wanted to keep up the story, but the actor got too old. So they're like, let's come up with a great reason. And, you know, the regenerating thing, that was very creative. That was very awesome. If the very first doctor, if they just kept him alive in some kind of, of AI-generated stasis for the last 60 years, well, Doctor Who might still be better than it is today. Well, but, yeah. Well, that first doctor looked like he was about dead when the series started. Yeah, well, it's... And, or, you know, God forbid, sometimes Hollywood might even let a character die and be replaced by the next generation of characters. 
I mean, but to be know, fair, if we could take AI and start making more Tom Baker in his prime Doctor Who episodes, I'd be like, that might be cool. It's you creepy. You wouldn't. <laughs> they, would right. not, you, they would not be able to use this technology for good. That's true. D- Disney, what, what this is doing, this, this is Disney coming up with a way to keep the, the uh, lifeless, reanimated corpses of their characters alive forever. Disney is coming up with a way to be able to churn out crap movies year after year, a hundred sequels of the Star Wars. They're going to have you know, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and, and just creating a new Star Wars every five minutes. They're going to have Ryan Johnson on tap. And they're never going to have to create hire another creative person as long as the company lives. They never have to create anything new because they can just have an AI go and spit out exactly the same formulaic garbage plot, movie after movie after movie, and print money hand over hand. Aren't you looking forward to going to the movies? Well, I already don't. But actors and actresses (laughs) should be really concerned by the fact that you can now be replaced by a simple shell script. That is yes. uh, voice actors everywhere should be shitting themselves. Oh, especially voice actors, because this is uh, technology. Again, that's only getting better. And there will be a lot of people. It's, you know, if you're a voice actor, you can still probably make some money. But you're if somebody offers you the golden ticket, which is, hey, we really like your voice. We want to digitize it. So rather than, you know spending eight hours a day recording stuff. Why don't you just spend a week talking into our system and then the AI will just make you say whatever we wanted to. And And you know, they won't pay as well for that. Well, probably not in, in in the industry, especially in, you know, the animated industry. Now that I mean, computerized images have become so easy to create that the, like the animated industry, the, Everything that isn't live action acting is it's huge. Uh, you know, you go look at what uh, like I look at what my my niece is watching on her little Android tablet when she's, you know, not paying any attention to the adults around. And it is there. There's no live action. It is all animated stuff, mostly from Disney. But the thing that they haven't had up till now is they have still needed actual humans to do the voices. And that's what this is changing. They're finally cutting out the last of the actors. All they need is samples of someone's voice, which at some point they're going to be able to get out of a Shutterstock library. Right. You know, just give me somebody who sounds mid thirties black with a really deep voice. You well, know, they ha- right. As we said, they have the AI. What's the website? Like, does this person exist.com or something that it will come up with a realistic looking person. You don't think they can do that with voices? I mean, it won't be hard to put the same kind of technology and into place. Audio is a lot less data than video, which means that it's it's ultimately the the logistical problems of analyzing video are a lot less with audio because, I mean, really, it's it's you throw them into FFTs and and do some analysis of the waveform. The amount of data is really easy and quick to analyze. Yeah, we've talked about the fact that the stuff they came up with for the Beatles documentary where they're able to go to the old mono recordings and separate those into different tracks for the singer and the bass and the guitar. This stuff is happening now with video as well. It's happening with photos. The one photo editing suite that I've used for a while to uh, edit photographs is coming out with all new AI and the stuff they're releasing next month. 
And it's from the videos that I've seen, it is very impressive that you can easily now. So if you're, you say you have a picture of Venice, you know, so you've got the canal and you've got the buildings and you got the sky and you got some boats in the canal. The AI is so good that you can click on the water and it will just select the water and unselect anything that's in the water along, you know, the buildings and all that with one click. So you can make your adjustments. You can do the same thing with the buildings and the skies and everything else. So where it used to take a lot of the work was in the masking, the AI that they're using for the masking technology. I don't know how it got so good so fast, but it seems like that is ready for prime time, which should also scare people. Best part about that kind of editing is when the masking got screwed up and there was like a floating head in the back of right, the right. of a shot or something. It's like, how did that happen? But it's, it's, you see, really, it takes it to where you cannot believe your eyes that everything is going to be either, and if it's not totally changed, it's going to be enhanced that what you're seeing is not reality. I'm not saying reality is great. But people rely on reality for a lot of things to know how to make decisions. This is where the bad stuff happens. And it's just as we predicted a long time ago, you don't think that the next election between Trump, if it is, and whoever, that the deep fakes aren't going to be a plenty of, you know, either side. I mean, but you know, the people that hate Trump, if I came up with a Donald Trump deep fake that was saying any kind of just horrible vile stuff people would pass it around immediately like oh my god he said that there's no bar of reality anymore well soon it'll be just as difficult to detect whether or not a picture is real as it is to detect whether or not someone's using sarcasm on the internet well this is true and nobody's ever going to figure that one out the answer by the way is that the picture is probably not real and the person is probably using sarcasm yes that you really that is where you want to uh, set your your overall uh, default. Yeah. Because people are dicks. But the James Earl Jones thing that did, it's, you know, again, I uh, was seven years old when Star Wars came out. I hate all of the new Star Wars stuff, despise it. But I love the original trilogy. And okay. So you're, you're pretty much on par with all of Gen X there. Yeah. Probably. Yes. And it's like, it's just so, it's, it's, I don't want to say wrong. But it is just beyond creepy when they do the stuff, which if you notice, they did this in the last couple of episodes or at least the last episode of last year's Goldberg's episodes, because I guess the guy that plays the dad pissed a bunch of people off. So they booted him off the show. But there was a couple of scenes where they like CGI put him into the scene and it did not look good. It did not look right. It looked very, very they need they needed to talk to CSB about getting some better AI. Uh-huh. They really did, but it's like knowing this is going to be the way it is moving forward. I know they did that with Carrie Fisher in the one movie because she died while it was being made. That one I could almost give a slight pass to because it's like, well, okay, you put a lot that of money in. was kind of a Hail Mary. Right. You, and it's also the reason that if you, it, it was a Star Wars film that I didn't completely hate. I, I thought it was pretty well constructed. There was definitely eye roller moments, but that CGI is the reason why I always nightmares. shut it off a, a few <laughs> minutes before the end credits. You're like, I'm I like don't. nope. The, everything good in this movie is past. I don't need to have my skin crawl again and see CG Carrie Fisher. 
Now, is this uh, is this a case of where they should Lucas that and they continue to get this technology better? They should change that going forward or should they I, just know, cut it? Here's here's a crazy idea. And this is going to I'm going to take this with Darth Vader, too, is maybe you've told enough stories with those characters and maybe you start telling new stories. I would agree, but I know what we're going to get with the technology that we have. Somebody's going to be like, Hey, you know, what was a really good show mash? Let's keep making mash, but where the characters look like they did back before it ended. I mean, the producers of MASH kind of did that. Didn't that show run like 12 seasons? It went a long time, <laughs> but it can go longer. We can still come, you know, yeah. there's a lot of these, you They're know, not limited to reruns anymore. There is a lot have- of fiction out there. Like within the Star Trek universe, there is a lot of stuff that was written to go into the original Star Trek universe with Captain Kirk and, you know, that whole crew that you could now. You could make that into a television series, all using CGI to make it look like yeah. a young William Shatner. I, and if they do, please, please just like keep Alex Kurtzman the fuck away from it. <laughs> but no, just put uh, let's put Wesley Crusher in every Star Trek episode from now on. That that would be better than a lot of the. Okay, I'm I, I'm not here to rant about Star Trek. You're not. But- are you sure? No, no, because hey, trolls, you want to hear Ryan Bembro's rant about Star Trek? Yeah. No, there has not been a new Star Trek since the end of Enterprise. Scott Bakula is is a really, really great actor for coming in and heralding the end of a show because Enterprise was good and there has not been another Star Trek since. There's nothing nothing since then has been Star Trek. JJ Abrams came in and shot on the corpse of the series and then they took that and rolled with it. That's about right. That is about right. Now, what did you see that rebooting Quantum Leap, but with an Asian guy? Oh, that. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. And I'd be happier not knowing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, just go watch the old episodes. Man, I like Scott Bakula and he has been in a lot of stuff, but he is not a top tier actor. And he is, he's always brought in as. He's, I mean, he's got a lot of range and he's extremely dependable and he always seems to be brought in as, as the guy who comes in for the series that, that isn't, I don't know. Well, yeah. NCIS New Orleans, every other NCIS goes like 8,000 years. You bring him in. NCIS is one of the things that, that in fact is, is one of the things that I, like my wife loves everything about NCIS and was watching that. And I look at it and I'm like, yeah, that's no Gibbs. And then, uh, yeah, what then they I don't have games no, now. Just last night, I watched uh, uh, Major League Back to the Miners. Now, oh, Major right. League was an amazing movie. Yes, the original. And this, I think, was the third in the franchise. And let's just say they never recaptured the magic of the original. No, but have but, they have they wokeified the movie and changed from the Indians to the Guardians though yet? Has anybody done the remake? No, no. The team in the Major League Three was the Buzz. Oh, really? And also, the buzz? This, this was still this movie is still twenty years old. Did I never see more. three? I've seen one and two. Maybe I never saw three. I I didn't know there was a three until. But <laughs> it was like a here's B B. Here's movie. what happened though: is they okay? So they kept Corbin Burnson, who uh, is now the owner of, and, and the the plot of it is. Uh, Scott Bakula is the manager of the minor league team and some douche canoe is the manager of the major league team and Corbin Burnson owns both of them. 
and they end up setting up an exhibition game between the minor league and the major league team. An exhibition game. So it's it's an underdog story that uh, you know, not to spoil or anything, but the underdogs do really well because, of course, it's Hollywood. But absolutely everything around it just stunk the place up. The the like they brought in the B team for the like the minor league team for actors. They brought in uh I don't know. The only things that really stood out as really good acting performances was I thought Scott Bakula did a good job. And and here's by the way, if you are gonna watch it, here's the reason to watch it. Bob Euchre. Oh, Euchre is a treasure. He came in and and I don't know what exactly he would be doing going and becoming the announcer for a minor league team, but I'm so glad they brought him into this movie. Yeah. Euchre was, I mean, he had his own television show back in the eighties called uh, Mr. Belvedere where he played the father, which is, uh, if you've never seen that, that is a, that is a series to go find, uh, not great, but the first major league, I mean, Euchre kind of stole the show. I mean, Charlie Sheen was pretty good in it. It was funny. But Bob Euchre stole that show. The the funny thing is the the studio uh was it Paramount or whoever it was that you know got a runaway sports success. They tried to make several more in the next couple of years. They tried to recreate that success with sports shows, and one of them was a football movie called The Replacements, which coincidentally starred Scott Bakula. Really. <laughs> We need to look um, at this guy's IMDb page. I'm, I'm telling you, he's he's like uh, he's like Ron Perlman for coming in to franchises and being, you know, I'm going to go ahead and see over the collapse of this franchise. And then Bakula gives a great performance and everything collapses. But I will not fault Bakula or even most of the most of the replacements was good. But the thing that lost me was that they can't, they took Bob Euchre out and gave you Rob Schneider and tried to Ooh. have him be in that role as the announcer. Not, not easy to follow in uh, Euchre's shoes. I like Schneider's politics, but I've never seen him act. And, uh, I mean, Euchre, I mean, the beautiful thing is that's not really even Euchre acting. If you ever heard him do no. a, uh, a Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers game, that's no, just I Euchre. would not be that surprised if he ad libbed <laughs> most of his lines. Yeah. I guarantee he's a very funny guy. He's a very funny guy. There's a lot of great baseball stories. The only reason he was a major league baseball player, he tells this story a lot, was because he could fight. <laughs> and that was okay. it. <laughs> like, yes. You know, hey, you need. You Never need... charge the mound when the pitcher has the ball. <laughs> Why not? It, it just, you know, depends on how, how, where your helmet is, I suppose. You know that. Yes. So the last thing I've got is the Walmart Land and Walmart Universe of Play. Are you familiar with this? I am not. This is Walmart deciding that they're going to make a metaverse. Um, Wait, because I, people I, don't want to actually go into Walmart, so now they're going to create a virtual Nobody really Walmart. wants to go into the metaverse <laughs> these days either. But, well, yeah. Um, I, I have to imagine it went something like this. The CEO going to their assistant, hey, what's the next big thing? Uh, I don't know. Um, metaverse? Great. Let's get marketing on that immediately. They have money. Um, it, it was it was a little hard to pick apart the these they're they're two different properties, Walmart Land and Walmart Universe of Play. But every story I found and the press release from Walmart all said it exactly like that. Walmart Land and Walmart Uni- Universe of Play is this is and then so it was hard to separate. As far as I can tell, Walmart Land 
is an amusement park in game in the, uh, the game is Roblox. So, uh, you know, millions and millions and millions of, of Gen Zers and some millennials, uh, are addicted to what is already kind of one of the candidates out there for being a metaverse, which is you go into Roblox and they have lobbies where you go into the lobbies and, you know, the, a few, a couple months ago, um, I, I brought a story about Roblox where people were creating sex dungeons in Roblox. Well, as one um, was. That's, that's not what this is, but that to me is the hallmark of a metaverse. If, if you don't have people creating uh, orgy rooms, then you're not really a metaverse yet. Well, Walmart has decided that they're going to be in the Roblox metaverse. So they have orgy and, rooms. Well, they might be. So as far as I can tell, Walmart land is an in-game amusement park. The, uh, I, I got more date, more, in, I brought two stories from this in for the notes, one from CNBC, which gave a lot of great information, but it was sterile. And one from Forbes where the guy was as sarcastic as I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> that's, he used that's the phrase, tough in print. Uh, one of the things he described was the Walmart land in-game amusement park. Um, this guy texture features the Walmart logo quote, like a digital eye of Sauron looking down on everything you do in the land. That's not creepy at all. Um, and Walmart universe of play is they've apparently created uh, rides in the theme park. It's a bunch of games that you can drop into and play. And uh, the games feature items from Walmart's top toy list for the holiday season. Oh, that's genius. That's corporate. Yes, well, yes, it is. <laughs> How are we going to sell these games, Bob? Hey, let's put them in the meta. And if people can play the games in the meta, they'll want to buy them in the real. Yeah. So, I well, more importantly, and this, this by the way, is is no different from, uh, you know, back in the day when when Hasbro would create a line of, you know, the in the 80s, a, a line of action figures, and then create an animated series like E-Man would... Uh, yeah, He-Man was one, Transformers, I think G.I. Joe was one, that was, we created this cartoon to sell toys to kids so that the kids will beg their parents to go buy our toys. Well, I think that's what Walmart is doing here. We're trying to get the word Walmart inside of the brains of these kids so that they will beg their parents. By the way, if this doesn't horrify any parent, then you don't, you don't understand Mommy, Daddy, can I go to Walmart? Well, no worse. Mommy, Daddy, what? can I go to the Walmart metaverse? Yeah, yeah. Can you buy me stuff from Walmart, please? Yeah, nobody wants to go into a physical store. No, did you ever nope. see the people of Walmart? That's not a lot of good so, people. Walmart Land and Walmart Universe of Play feature virtual storefronts and experiences inside Roblox. You know, experiences are not always good. You, what kind of experience are you creating? Oh, not Would you me. like to get mugged today? Just step yeah. outside <laughs> in the metaverse. Oh, you stepped into the wrong orgy room today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run. Gamers can earn tokens and other rewards to put toward virtual merchandise on Roblox. That sounds a lot like the dude named Kyle stuff. Brands on board were in. That's part of the reason I brought this was because it tied into that. It's got NFTs. Oh, so wait, we yeah. get Walmart NFTs. That's so, like heaven. Walmart's vendor brands are on on board were included in the experience based on marketing's assessment of how interested Roblox users are in those brands. Oh, wow. Uh, 
And you know, this is not Walmart's first foray because the uh, article pointed out that they have, and, and I don't exactly understand how these words go together or what it means, but they have hosted shoppable live streaming events on TikTok before. Now, in, in, in this uh, metaverse, will your dead grandmother be there and James Earl Jones voicing Darth Vader in a thousand years? If James Earl Jones is coming out of the Walmart logo in the sky, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Buy Darth Vader merchandise. Use the force, trolls. NetNet is telling me I mean necessary roughness. I don't know what I called the movie then, because that is exactly. Oh, it wasn't the replacements. It was necessary roughness. Okay. You know what? I'm getting all of my random football comedies mixed up. Sports movies were really huge during a period of about five years. And they'll start remaking them. Don't worry. I'm sure they will. Kind of like Ted and they Lasso. Might use it. The replacements was Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's right. But you know what? Scott Bakula and Keanu Reeves are two actors who do not seem to be aging. Well, they're, so they're AI. If they remake, they might just keep using those actors. They could be an AI. It could be. Uh-huh. Would make sense. He's very Keanu. Very, uh, very meta. Very meta. But I mean, that's uh, that's all I've got for today. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I'm 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 running out of steam here. My <laughs> my aspirin is worn off, and right now I have a raging headache that is making me grumpy. Oh, so you want to talk more about Star Trek? That's a big negative. <laughs> With that said, that means we will be back next week. Well, not maybe Wednesday because I have another dentist appointment, but it's just to put a crown Why? on. Why do you keep scheduling your dentist appointment? My Stop dentist having tooth problems. Always wants to see me. That on was Wednesday. my thing. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get in on the fun. So maybe we'll do this on Tuesday. That would maybe make more sense. Uh, but just watch us on uh, the No Agenda socials and you'll know when. And then once the crown's in, that should be it. So, I mean, I'm hopefully uh, not needing any uh, dental work for a while because there's nothing more fun than people poking around in your mouth with sharp objects. With that said, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where if you ain't sweating, you ain't eating. And from America's left coast, where Big Brother is listening to your whale conversations. I'm Ryan Pemrose. You must be bored. That's corporate.